Welcome to the Dr. Living Good Podcast, which exists to equip you with real health solutions to make health simple. So here's everything you need to know about SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. What is it? It is an overgrowth of the bacteria in the small intestine, obvious by the name, but it happens because it's supposed to end up in the large intestine primarily, where a lot of this bacteria is supposed to be, but it starts working its way up into the small intestine. And then your body has lost its ability and its power to fend those bacteria off and keep them balanced in the body because you need them. 70 trillion friends inside your body, good bacteria that is helping you digest and absorb and giving you nutrients. But if you get too many of them, it can create a lot of symptoms such as pain in the stomach, especially after eating, bloating, cramping, diarrhea, constipation, indigestion, a regular feeling almost of fullness, even though you're hungry, and then of course gas. So this bacteria gets in there, it's not supposed to be in there at that level, so we need to level it back out. So that's where we get to some of the causes. Now this is primarily driven by pH changes in the body. And that means there's not enough stomach acid because the stomach acid's job is to sort of weed out the bacteria that's coming into the body via food. And if you don't have enough acid, the bacteria doesn't get filtered and weeded out, and then it makes it all the way down into your small intestine, and then we get an overgrowth. Things start growing that shouldn't be growing. So pH changes happen that way, primarily driven by not enough stomach acid. Number two is just a pure compromised immune system. Now this is traditionally driven by leaky gut. Inside of your gut lining, if you put your hands together like this, if you wanna play along, there's a seal, and the small intestine's job is to let in what needs to be let in, nutrients, and keep out the toxins, bacteria that shouldn't get in. Well, there's permeability issues with the way that we eat, the amount of inflammation that we take on, chemicals like glyphosate and foods like gluten that start to make us more permeable than we should. And what that allows is things get in that shouldn't get in. And it compromises the immune system and it breaks down the mucosal lining of the gut that is keeping the bacteria at bay. So you get a leaky gut combined with SIBO. So we wanna get that thing sealed back up. Number three is low motility, where you're just not moving things through the digestive tract quick enough. They're staying in there, things are going slower, you're constipated, you're backed up, your food isn't fully getting digested, you don't have enough enzymes in there, and it's just not allowing things to move through, which causes excess fermentation, excess bacteria growth and multiplication. And then finally, yeast. Yeast can actually overgrow, knock down the good bacteria that are keeping the balance inside of your system. This yeast overgrowth, candidiasis, whole different topic that we can touch on, can also contribute to SIBO. So now you're getting a bacteria overgrowth and a yeast overgrowth all at the same time and the microbes are having a party in the gut. So to really, really know for sure if you have this issue going on, you can have a breath test done and it'll measure the amount of gases that these bacteria are giving off. Methane, hydrogen, breathe in. After you have some sugar, you feed it some food and then you breathe in and you can see how much there is. Now, I'm a huge, huge component first of do what you know to do first before you spend a bunch of money or doctor's tests or focus on those things. Do what you know to do first. And the first thing we know to do when it comes to SIBO is clean up the nutrition. 
So number one, we've got to cut the sugar. It's one of my five main guidelines when it comes to how you eat, no matter what diet choice you choose, we've got to decrease the sugar. Literally the breath test I was just talking about, they feed you sugar first because they know the bacteria will eat it fast and then they're going to start going to the bathroom, which is the gas let off, the hydrogen and the methane. And that's how you can literally tell if you have too much of it going on inside your system. So we've got to go with a more dialed in cut the sugar approach, which is our five guidelines we teach. There's resources below if you need to understand this better. Also could incorporate then intermittent fasting or rotational fasting. And that's where we're gonna be challenging your body to go periods of time so that you don't plateau as well. Different periods of time of sustaining from eating, curbing your consumption, that's my fifth rule of nutrition guidelines, to curb that down so you start just cutting off the food supply, allowing some of those bacteria and some of those little soldiers inside your body, if you cut your food supply down, you're gonna win the war because they'll be weakened or they'll die off. Now, the second thing I would advise is apple cider vinegar. That is to add more acid to the stomach. So if you are suspecting SIBO, try adding one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar morning and night. This is gonna help lower your insulin levels, which is gonna help deal with sugar intake better. This is also gonna add more acid to the stomach, which is gonna kill off the bad bacteria so it doesn't make it down into your gut. I would recommend doing that for a two to four week period of time to see how you respond. If you'd like a better cue, you could just do a cap full of it with each meal if you're having three meals a day. Number three, prebiotics, probiotics, postbiotics. Prebiotics are the food. Probiotics are the good bacteria that your body needs. Postbiotics are what they excrete to help the lower digestive tract to function at an even higher level. All three are absolutely needed for a healthy gut. However, sometimes taking just a probiotic might irritate the gut a little bit. In a lot of cases, the proper soil-based pre, pro, and postbiotics will be protected past the acid, get into your small intestine, and balance things out. Now, if they do irritate the gut a bit more, then you have a lot of bacteria in there, and even putting in a prebiotic or probiotic might tip them over the edge because there's already too much going on, so then I would not use a pre-probiotic or a postbiotic at that point. So you have to see how your condition responds to it, but a lot of people do well, some do not, and that's why. Number four is reducing fermentation inside of your gut, reducing the consumption of the food that's producing the gases in the gut. And the best way to do this is reducing your fiber. So you may do a fiber fast, which is very simple. Just cut down foods like beans, cruciferous vegetables or vegetables in general. Think broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage. And I would probably cut out fruit for a period of time as well. Beans, vegetables, and fruit. Seems to intuitively go against what we know is to being healthy, but it's just to cut the fiber out. 10 days of this, 14 days of this, usually people are doing great, and it really just sort of allows the gut to clear out so there isn't too much bloating. Now, you may also try number five, a more carnivore way of eating. You won't usually hear me just go all in on one type of diet. I like to go off guidelines. You can do any type of diet, but what that will do is really cut down the sugars. It will cut down the fibers, and you'll stop feeding any form of a carbohydrate or a starch to these bacteria. And carnivores are really a way to just snuff out any of this, I did say the word snuff, any of this bacteria that's inside the small intestine. So you may just go more of a meat protein type diet for a period of time. I think it'd be worth a try, especially if you're suffering. Now from an herb standpoint next, I would consider oregano, the powder form of it, the leaves and the stems. I, that's one that I created as well. It's a powdered form. It'll help you. The leaves and stems are better than the oil at sort of busting up and breaking down some of that bacteria. So that would be a good herbal antibiotic of sorts. So I'd look at oregano. I like to add monolaurin into ours because 
because it also supports the immune system in case it is an immune system related condition. And then finally, you may need to address yeast and candida. There's other resources on this page for that, but those are your steps for getting SIBO under control, understanding it now. There's a lot you can be proactive with so that you can be your own solution. Hope that makes health be simple. If you want to continue to make it simple and help with some of these other issues going on that we mentioned, check out these resources right here and remember to follow and subscribe to the page as we release them every day. Hey, it's Dr. Living It here. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, it would mean the world to me to please leave a positive rating and a review. That way we can continue to get this message out to help people all over the world experience real health. See you next time.